Hello? Dens, is that you? No. It's Oh, uh, I must have the wrong the wrong po- the wrong podcast. It's 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 Superman. <laughs> You've reached Superman. What's going on, guy? Not much, fella. How how, you goes, how goes it in the sunshine state? Freaking beautiful, man. Let me tell you, it is freaking gorgeous every day. And it's like, you know what you're getting. You're getting like the 10 minutes of rain. You're getting, you know, the hours of sunshine, the heat, the humidity. It's very predictable. And I like it. And I want to stay here forever until the day I die. Oh, that that that, that stings the nostrils. <laughs> you're, 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 not, you're not old enough to... <laughs> to relocate to Florida. <laughs> I, can't lull, I can't lull in the Florida sunshine, complaining about the sad state of a nation. <laughs> or or uh, dying uh, about the sins of a 21st century. <laughs> or, uh, or, or getting behind the, uh, don't blame me. I didn't vote for him. Don't <laughs> Yeah, the the um the political atmosphere is not really up to my you know what I what I enjoy. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <clears throat> yeah, I, I I you know it's it's wild you know in uh, adult years and how many people have relocated you know semi permanently. My, my sister was down in Florida for <sighs> almost ten years, I think. Hmm. You know, she recently relocated back up to New Hampshire. But yeah, yeah, she was down there for, had her daughter down there, got married down there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough to like, it's tough to picture going back to like Boston weather. Mm -hmm. No different than what I'm experiencing here. Yeah. I mean, who, I mean, who doesn't appreciate the, Nice weather, shorts and t-shirt weather, twenty four seven. And hey, um, I wanted to ask you, how's my, how's the clarity? Am I coming in all right? You're doing pretty good so far. Okay. So good. Because I, I want, you know, I want everyone to know I'm, I'm outside. Typically, I'm not outside. Um, <laughs> space in, in the, the sober living that I'm at is to, you know, a minimum. You know, have to respect everyone, and everyone has their own space. So. Um, so I'm outside and I'm hoping I sound, yep. you know, you guys can hear me fine. So far, so good. I'll, 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 uh, I'll rip into you if it, if it breaks connection. I'm sure you will. Yeah. I'll, I'll point it out to the entire audience. You never hold back. That's I will sure. not. Sure. <laughs> um, um, on the agenda today. Curious. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, we're, we're kind of getting into our, our, our little back and forth, but, uh, you know, for newcomers possibly, you know, to our podcast, this is the addict and the counselor podcast. My name is Barbaros. I am the counselor. I'm Adam. I'm the addict. And, uh, we do this kind of show weekly, uh, to bring, you know, awareness, attention, insights, uh, support, uh, to folks uh, on on uh, all sides of the fence when it comes to uh, substance use, addiction, and recovery. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music Podcasts. So please listen, follow, comment, and you can email us at 
theaddictandthecounselor at gmail.com. Uh, any comments, questions, concerns, anything that you think we need to talk about? Uh, I think we're definitely up uh, for a- any and all conversations related to this topic. So um, going to today's, uh, you know, episode, you know, you and I have been talking a little bit about kind of in the substance use world, not only for the, for the user themselves, but also for a family, you know, there's a lot of, you know, shame and guilt that comes along with this. And so I think in both of our experiences, you know, with the shame and guilt comes a lot of silence and uh, there's a fair, I mean, I think you would call it a fairly famous saying in recovery or in meetings is that you're only as sick as your secrets. I've heard that once or twice. <laughs> only? <laughs> only once or twice in the last... No, 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 you're right. You're right. It's a, pop- it's a popular saying. I've heard it throughout the years. Yeah, so I, I you know, I think, I think we agreed that, you know, we would bring some kind of attention to this side of it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, for the audience and people who are affected, um, really break out of that kind of secrecy or silence and and really get healthier and get better and uh you know you adam you you've been very transparent uh, especially mm-hmm. with you know recently what went on about you know things that were emotional and you you were kind of like withholding them right mm. um so that kind of obsessive thinking uh subsequently out of like a, a mental health concern uh which led to your most recent relapse and so i think we want to just you know again shed further light into this topic and hopefully help someone on the other end yeah, no, I think this. I think this is going to be this is going to be great. Um, there's a lot, you know, a lot there to talk about with mental health and substance use, and they both, you know, they just both are in some ways like one and the same. You know, it's all one topic. Substance use disorder is mental health issue. Yeah. Um, so that's important to to remember. A lot of times we see it as such a so such a separate. A separate thing but it's really it's really all encompassing yeah i mean so if you are comfortable in sharing obviously you know uh in, in your experience maybe even like early on like you know your parents you know when you like had to enter treatment or the arrests and stuff, stuff like that was there any kind of direct or indirectness from them you also have brothers about like hey like like, don't talk about this outside of the family. Like, let's let's keep it a secret or let's just deal with it ourselves, you know, with like treatment providers. But like, let's not kind of announce it to like uncles, aunts, cousins and that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Maybe take us on that journey and then, you know, we can kind of like piggyback off of that. Right. So, yeah, I would say, you know, growing up in my in my home where I grew up, it wasn't there wasn't a lot of. um let's you know let's keep this in-house there wasn't a lot of secrecy around just like stuff in general like um but i would like when i started using and when i started getting arrest arrested when i was 18 19 20 21 that's when like the stigma of of addiction took over and that's when the you know my parents would try to keep it you know from people that i was struggling with addiction Mm. 
so like before that like before me getting caught up i can't really remember too much like ever i can't remember my parents ever saying don't bring this outside the home but when i got caught up with addiction that was different that was a lot different yeah it's it's interesting i'm kind of like reflecting into like my own development like growing up in like a, a turkish household and there was always uh, an explicitness about issues inside this home stay inside this home, mm. even to like best friends or even to like Turkish kids I grew up with. Like you kind of knew what was going on inside their household, but like you didn't know, no, because like no one talked about it. And so it could have been domestic violence. It could have been alcoholism. It could have been addiction, mental health, um, financial issues. Like it was just like, that whole like cultural connection from my lens of it um yeah. just like everything kind of stays in house and like you like yeah like a lot of like you know and I, embarrassment I, out being outed or whatever yeah not being normal <laughs> i mean i would say you know there's a big cultural piece typically with the secrecy stuff um called usually for me, like I said, I didn't really experience that, but I did once my addiction started happening. And that really, like that experience really speaks to how strong of a stigma addiction is. Because yeah. growing up, you know, we were pretty transparent or I was never told, don't tell anyone this or don't tell anyone that. Mm. But once my addiction started due to the stigma around it, then then it was something then it turned mm -hmm. into don't don't share what's um and it kind of went without saying like why would you share that you're using heroin why would you share that anyways right <laughs> so it's not like my parents were always saying don't struggle don't don't share that you're struggling with addiction to anyone outside this home they probably didn't say that all too much but it was it was definitely like i got the they're not like this is staying in the house. Like yeah. you're not, sharing, you're not sharing this with Papa, Mama. You know my grandparents or you know cousins. You know I'm going to the family parties and you know definitely not sharing it there. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, so uh, I mean, what do you think about that in, in hindsight? Do, you know, again, I mean, right? There's a certain sense of like, like common sense right you know no one's saying don't you know don't you know don't talk about your like your specific substance use i think the conversation is like you know don't talk about it at all right don't don't talk about almost like struggling as a person and your struggle at least you know right is is with substance use but like like i get like don't go in detail about it but like what's the harm in talking about struggle or talking about hardship? Well, there's a, you know, some people would say there's a big difference between someone struggling with a significant amount of grief um, in comparison to struggling with heroin addiction or alcohol addiction. So that, you know, people think there's a big difference there, you know? So when you say people, you know, people what's wrong with people sharing a hardship that they're going through there are different you know p our society looks at layers different, different levels of hardships that people are going through yeah, yeah and i think that's the that's the point of this conversation right is that 
who assigns this kind of rating, right? Who assigns, you know, what's appropriate, what's inappropriate to kind of talk about. And, and I think in you know, my experience clinically, you know, you know, you know, being a, a, a therapist, you know, and I say this a lot and, you know, which really saddens me, you know, as a member of society is that, you know, when I come across clients, you know, one of the questions I always ask is about support system. Like who can they, you know, who do they rely on? Who can they kind of really open up to about everything, right? Uh, you know, substance use, you know, mental health, whatever. And there's a bunch of times, like, I don't trust anybody. I don't have anyone I can trust. Right. And so here is that kind of notion of, a lack of support system, but a, a lack of also being supported. That right. again, you're a human being, and you can have issues and and, and still be human. Yeah. So, like, I get that from you know, I understand that, like, not trusting people with what you're going through. Because, I mean, if I'm if I'm actively using, I'm not like sure. I trust my. I, I trust my family, but do I trust them enough to share that I'm using drugs, but I'm not willing to accept help? Because then that puts, that interferes with my use, right? Me sharing it with someone, mm -hmm. right? So because that interferes with it, like that interferes with it in a way where that person is going to want me to stop, right? Obviously, I'm, I might not be ready to stop. And so where do we stand, you know, after I share that with the person, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's the, that's part of the issue. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> well, I mean, in, 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 again, in, in your experience, like, what do you think, you know, could have helped or could have anything helped in terms of like, you know, your parents, especially, I mean, that kind of, you know, they're your role models, right? They're the ones who are kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, driving the bus, if you will, for a certain part of life, like, it, could yeah. they have said anything to you or around you or like, with you to like others to kind of just break out of that kind of that that secrecy that that's that silence that would have maybe just alleviated some pressure on you like, you know, you have to kind of like fake, fake this illness almost right. Yeah, I'm thinking here. I don't I don't I don't think there's anything that that they could have said that would allow me to be open about my struggle. Mm. Yeah. I, just can't, I can't picture of them saying anything that would help me with coming out that, you know, I'm using. Uh. Hmm. I mean, do you have any thought, you know, what, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm looking at like my own experience, right, is that, you know, even though I came to U.S. when I was a small child, right, you know, in the home was like a, like a, like a, a mini turkey, right? You know, we spoke Turkish inside the home. My parents' English isn't really that good. Um, but it, it, it's that kind of stereotypical, I would say, like, you know, immigrants or like non-Americans, right? You kind of like minimize mental health or like emotional experiences and you kind of just, you know, pull yourself by the bootstraps and just like work or go to school or, or do your thing and not kind of get like bogged down by life, if you will. Hmm. And so I, I know for me, like, 
I carried a lot of emotion, but I wasn't never comfortable in expressing that emotion because it wasn't like, unless it was like death, truly death or um, like a, a really bad situation. Like my younger brother had uh, seizures and he had to be hospitalized for brain surgery. And I mm. remember like that was like, okay, like emotionally. Right. Mm. I got into a cycling accident, you know, in my early twenties and like, my parents came to the hospital and, you know, saw me like, you know, all bloody and everything. And, you know, my mom was emotional or like, you know, when, you know, when she lost her dad, you know, there was a mo like it's stuff like that. That's like acceptable, but it's not like everyday experience. <laughs> like I'm struggling or I'm having a tough time or, you know, cause I mean, nor did they get it because they didn't grow up here. So they didn't have the kind of pressures, but like I, I take in all of that, you know, throughout and now having children of my own, like I absolutely want to carve out, you know, yeah. space for conversation about just like not I would call it mental health, but I would just call it like lived experience. Like Yeah. You know, what did you experience today? Like what was it like for you? Like how did you handle this? You know, and just really bring that conversation out and not make it a, a reactive type of thing. It should be proactive. Mental health is a part of our everyday lived experience, regardless if you're struggling or not struggling. It's always present. Um, and how we kind of, you know, relate to it and understand it. I, I think it can only benefit, you know, my children to one, be aware if their mental health changes and yeah. start talking about like help. Like, Hey, there's, you know, guidance counselors, school counselors, you know, <laughs> I'll get you a therapist. Like, yeah, you know, all of that, just so that there's a certain, you know, ideally, hopefully a, a change trajectory of like, just have like bottling things up until like one explodes. Right. So, yeah, I mean, clinically you would, I, you would think, you would think that, because my upbringing, there was a lot of expressing ourselves and love in the home and transparency that because of that modeling, mm. you would think, that I, you know, it would make sense that I would be open or have, you know, I, I, I'd be open or it'd be more of a likelihood of me sharing that I'm struggling. It's at the stage. But they're, right. But it didn't for me. And I, and I feel like, there's a couple things that from, you know, my experience where I was just, I just had too much, um, too much insecurity going on that I wasn't, I just wasn't able to, um, I had that, you know, the, 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 the rare stomach condition that mm -hmm. I was born with. So I had that going on. My mom was trying to hold it together, like throughout my childhood, like trying, basically managing my medical condition for me for a while, right. As a young kid. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, you know, one thing that I thought about recently and I was, I was, I can't be, I can't remember being ever asked like how I was doing <laughs> with, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so that was something that I thought about kind of recently. Mm. Like my, like my mom was like, like ideally your parents would ask, Hey, how are you doing with this, this thing you have going on? It's pretty, it's pretty traumatic stuff you're going through. But I think because my mom and dad were trying, we're so busy with managing it logistically and stuff. Mm -hmm. that they were too tied into that to, to really ask me, 
you know. And, and, I mean, I mean, your parents are also not medical experts, right? To kind of like <laughs> their parents, they're trying to like they're learning as their child is kind of going through this, so they're coming at it from a place of like love and help. But yeah, I, I think going a little deeper to like how does this affect you and you know beyond physically, uh, you know that, can, that that I mean like yeah, I mean right, I mean. I was having this conversation, um, what's it say, Monday, like yesterday. Um, like, we're to a certain degree, we're still throwing darts at a board and hopefully, you know, something sticks, right? And so, when we talk about like mental wellness versus mental illness, you know, you could have a nice home and be supportive and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the child could have a lived experience or whatever that can kind of derail that kind of, you know, support. And so I think that's also another emphasis. I think, you know, most of our crowd is the kind of, you know, 30 plus, you know, 40 range. So probably have kids and stuff like there's no blame in terms of what you did or think you didn't do that resulted in your child's whatever issue, substance use or mental health. Um, Because, you know, there's a lot of research out there that says like if X, Y, and Z, but it's not definitive. It, there's nothing in research that says if you do X, Y, and Z, you right. know, a hundred percent of the time a child will be mentally there's stable. A, there's a ton of protective factors is what we call them, but yeah, there's no guarantee. That's right. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, yeah, a, a part of me, you know, want to talk about this, you know you know, culturally and religiously is that, you know, you know, God being the healer and savior and, you know, all knowing type of stuff, um, you know, within, you know, substance use and mental health, you know, families, you know, again, culturally and religiously, the ones that I identify with, um, you know, are less likely to kind of, you know, talk openly about what's going on with their child and, and whatnot. Be- again, because of I did something wrong. Like I, I wasn't there emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever the case is. And so because of that, my child is, is resulting in this. And, you know, you, you and I, you know, have been doing this, you know, not just podcast, but like, you know, you in, in addiction and recovery and me in treating addiction and recovery, um, really kind of perpetuates you know the illness whatever it might be um and can result in a lot of um a lot of things you know primarily death right uh in mental health both in substance use the name of the game is like not dying (laughs) right and you know by any means necessary like really preventing a hospitalization or really preventing a, a a a a tragedy that might result in, in death. Right. And so, you know, really encouraging people out there is that if there's a f- family member or supportive person, whatever culture or religion, you know, that you're involved in is that, you know, is there anyone that is in this type of field that can kind of help guide you to finding the right type of, you know, treatment? Um, not to saying that, you know, I know everything, but, if I can't do something, I know there's other therapists in my network that can do, you know, whatever it might be. And I, I can really, you know, make those kind of connections. So, uh, yeah. just kind of, again, I mean, I, I think we've talked about it loosely, but like really el- eliminating that kind of the cycling 
of issues in families or you know within a person that those those cycles can be broken if someone finds a proper help and you know proper support system you know let it be therapy let it be medication let it be aa na you know you know inpatient treatment outpatient like there's so much out there um that can that a person can benefit from yep yep for sure i i think um there's a few meetings a few um few aa meetings ago there was some shit like heavy sharing around mental health and like mental health talk in, in AA meetings, like it's somewhat like sometimes it's controversial. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, some, like some, some people would say, you know, you don't share about being suicidal or having suicidal thoughts in an AA meeting. You just talk about your substance use. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't, I don't really, I don't prescribe to that at all. I feel like, whatever is impacting your addiction or your, your life, you know, towards your addiction, whatever is impacting it, you should be able to share it in, in a meeting, in an AA or NA meeting. Yeah. I mean, in, in your experience too, and w- w- would you also say that, and I've heard this from other people, like maybe traditional AA members don't even like folks talking about, like other substance use, like cocaine or heroin or pills, really kind of sticking to alcohol. Yeah, I'd rather, yeah, I mean that's that's something that's not as and as it used to be, definitely. But let's stick with like the mental health talk for a minute, like yeah. in AA, um, if we could. So, I mean, there was there's this example from a couple meetings ago that I that I have. There was some someone raised their hand and started sharing about their friend, um, their friend's depression and it spiraled into suicidal thinking and his friend, his friend shot himself in the head. Mm. He shared this, this, you know, this guy shared it in the meeting and powerful, right? Very powerful, very powerful share. It's not a lot of meetings where you hear a lot of, a lot of, um, suicidal type of talk. Mental health. Right. And I, like, I, like, I personally, for me, like, I relate to that right away. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really, <clears throat> it's one of the, you know, it's definitely one of the top things that I relate to is, is, you know, that type of share. And then a couple, uh, then it opened up to a couple other people sharing about their depression. Because, mm. cool. you know, now other people felt comfortable. I raised my hand and shared a little bit about it, mine. And then someone you know, this, this guy that's been in AA for, you know, up to year, like 40 years sober, very old school AA mentality. He raised his hand and shared and he, um, you know, he kind of ignorantly, I think said he was recommending for people that are really have severe depression to just think, think positively and do a gratitude list like, dude, if I fucking, if that's all that it would take for it to work, like, I'd be doing that all the time, you know? Oh. Uh, but, like, not that that's a negative thing to do. That's sure, that's great. But that's not, you know, that's not really, like, solution to depression and suicidality, right? But, uh, you know, by simplifying it, 
you know, my, my take on it is that it also like minimized it. <laughs> right. Like right. if mental health, again, was that easy of a fix, right. Th- there would be less suicides. There would be less medications prescribed. There were less people in emergency rooms. The guy and- just, right. The guy just shared, Hey, his friend just blew his head off. Uh, he should have, he should have freaking wrote out a gratitude list. He yeah. would stay- That's basically that what prevention. <laughs> right. And like, I'm 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 at fault like for like for talking about like severe depression, especially my own like depression and suicidal thinking. I'm I'm prone to on a lot of days share like very dark humor related to my depression mm-hmm. and like be very sarcastic with like my comments around it. And yeah. it's really like I was thinking about it earlier, like I, I do a ton of that, like the dark humor stuff with it. And, you know, it's def- it's like coping strategy, right? That's what you would call it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's a way for me to be able to share it comfortably, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, even, even, you know, that kind of you know humor around like one's own mental health is like a, a alleviating the pressure of it. You know, even if it's momentarily, uh, that's helpful. Right. And at the same time, like I, when I was thinking about how I, I do that, um, I was thinking that, you know, maybe I need to be a little more mindful of other people that are struggling with depression and they may not love the dark humor stuff, you know? Yeah. Context. Uh, Context. Yeah. I was thinking don't about know that. your yeah. audience. You know, I'm pretty impulsive these days, so <laughs> don't mind me. <laughs> why, why, why is that, Adam? Why are. <laughs> <laughs> why why is your brain so impulsive? I don't know, man. <laughs> Wired. It's wiry. Oh, did you hear that? Hey, I was wonder I'm wondering, did your kids want to come on the podcast tonight? Is that what's going on? My kids? Am I hearing them in the back? Is that oh, what Oh no, there's uh, there's uh, a zoo in my house at this point. Oh, okay. All right. There's uh, a total of six kids all under okay. the age of 10 oh that's enjoyable that is something that you really need to just embrace (laughs) no wonder hey no wonder why you got on the podcast early tonight (laughs) like hey i'm on (laughs) now it's all making sense to me hey quarter past eight now we you guys we usually record like close to nine quarter past eight i get a text i'm on your clock whenever you're ready (laughs) Well, I'm running a little late, and we usually do it closer to nine. And now it's all making sense. You just wanted out from that's going on there. Yes, <laughs> it's it yeah. wild too. Like I'm behind locked door, and I have a white noise machine on the outside of the door, <laughs> and then the noise is still intense yeah. enough to uh, to penetrate all my defense mechanisms. Yeah, but, but maybe you know, like that guy in the AA. If I just did a gratitude list, maybe I can just in, embrace the the loud screaming children's yeah. voices. Yeah, I think I think that would work really nicely for you if you did one. So, so for our audience, um, with any struggle that you're going through, if you just do a gratitude list, it just <laughs> melts away any of life's problems. It's instantaneously. The first thing I'm grateful for is you, Bob Rose. <laughs> Love you. Hey, I did want to say too. I was thinking too. The other thing I want to add is that 
like when people first when people first get sober and they come to AA, like you have like a group of people, there's like a group of people that the depression like will lift just from becoming sober. The depression will like organically go away, disappear mm-hmm. uh, pretty quickly, like in your first like month or so. Mm-hmm. But and then you have like people like me and another group of people that will struggle with the depression for a while longer. And sometimes like the, the longer you're sober, you know, the worst of the depression gets before it gets even better, before it gets better, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the dip. Right. You know, within early, uh, early onset sobriety. Yeah. Right. And I brought up too, I actually, I shared this at the, at the meeting the other night too, when they were all talking about mental health, I shared that our co-founder, Bill, Bill Wilson, the co-founder of AA, he talks, he shares about um, struggling with chronic depression for years in recovery for years. Mm-hmm. It's something just to make, to make note of. And that should make it, that should help it be okay to share that in meetings, knowing that our co-founder struggled with, with some severe depression. I mean, I mean, I mean, in your experience, I mean, why do you think, you know, like the mental health side of addiction, even if you will, is, you know, so taboo or, or so not kind of openly, ex- you know, accepted or accepting? It's a good question. I, I thought about this quite a bit and I think there's, there's a, there's a gr- good group of people in AA that believe once you start taking steps you know, the 12 steps, which that's the program of recovery. Once you start taking those steps, that alleviates your mental health symptoms as well as your addiction stuff. Mm. So I think that's because of that strong, you know, a lot of people think very strongly of that. Mm. I think that's where, I think that's where that might come from. Yeah. I I think I would add, you know, to that, you know, being on the outside and, you know, a lot of my clinical experience is with substance use disorder is that um, it's like personal perspective, right? And so you have one's own experience that, you know, yeah, I was, you know, drinking every day and I have all these like negative experiences, you know, really down in the dumps, right? So like depressiveness, you know, or, or whatever. And all of a sudden when I embraced recovery and I'm on this journey of like self-improvement, that darkness is alleviated. And so like, once again, if it worked for me and I'm in an addiction, it should be working for like other people. And so I I think we do that a lot more today, or at least maybe I'm just more aware of it. Is that this, this blanket generalization of one's experience is like, it happened to me. So why doesn't it happen to other people? (laughs) Right. Right. So yeah, that, that kind of goes, yeah, that's, there's, is a lot of people in AA will will share, <coughs> excuse me, will share that you know if you do it as it's laid out, then you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be relieved of your your mental your depression symptoms too, you know. Um, so yeah, that is it is interesting. Thinking um, about that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, it's you know, you know, you know, we're talking about AA, right? Is that you know. You know, which is, you know, a voluntary, it's all over the place, it's worldwide, um, accepting, but, but there are some 
challenges that kind of come along with it. And I, and I think for us to talk about not only substance use, but mental health with this podcast, it's also um, there's mental health voluntary groups. Yeah. For people, right. Yeah. There's all types of, you know, things. And so if, if you're struggling or if you think you're struggling with, you know, mental health and, you know, you're afraid to talk to with your doctor or a provider or someone who's in the field, you know, Google it, check it out. Like, Hey, any self-help meetings for depression, anxiety, trauma, um, whatever. Um, there's not an abundance of them, but there are a bunch in most communities, I, I would say. So um, I, I think a part of this conversation is this kind of this notion of like, you know, you're only as sick as your secrets is that you don't have to go it alone. Yeah. Right? Your whatever unique circumstance that you think you're in, there is a million people behind you who've either going through it or have gone through it. Yep. And there is a certain, um, for better lack of words, like a, a platform to kind of operate out of uh, to help oneself or, 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 or to be helped. True, true. Thank you. I think that I think the other piece that makes like another piece that makes it difficult for um, people in AA or NA to be accepting or open around mental health is I think for the group of people that have, that take the steps and their depression symptoms are relieved. Now they're sharing, they're, they're used to having like the solution, the answer, right? Here's the, here's the solution to your, alcoholism to your addiction i i can guide you through these steps and help you with this but and then if they're hearing about mental health symptoms from someone i think they they feel their inadequacy because they're not really equipped to (laughs) really deal with that right and so i think they, they, they people just get uncomfortable with it because they're used to having the solution and they don't necessarily have the solution for that and i think they just feel kind of feel that a little bit that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a great take. And, and I think for any form of helper out there, right, it's, you know, yes, go to your strong suit. And if it's not your strong suit, what do you do with that, right? Uh, because you're in a position of helping uh, or as the helper. It's just an opportunity to make, make the, the smart call, right? And, hey, I'm not good with this. Uh, let's help you find someone who is in addition to the help that I'm providing. Um, like, I, you know, I just finished an individual therapy session for someone who's in couples therapy, right? I'm not a trained couples therapist. So I can only help the individual. This person has, you know, marital issues. That's who is best to, to do that. That's way out of your scope of practice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, so yeah, I mean, not everyone is, you know, well-versed in everything. Yeah. And so I think it's, if, if you're struggling with substance use and you're noticing mental health issues and your sponsor or AA isn't really helping you um, alleviating some of these kinds of symptoms or just it's even getting worse, worse for you, find yeah. a mental health therapist who is simultaneously experienced or trained in substance use disorders. Like myself, I'm a duly licensed clinician. There's right. a bunch of us out there. Right. Um, so we can kind of toggle back and forth kind of appropriately um, and just be mindful of that. There's 
Yeah. And the same thing on the other side, you know, a lot of mental health clinicians are not trained and experienced and uncomfortable with substance use issues. Make the right call, refer them to someone who is, um, right. and even separately, uh, doing the substance use while you still kind of cover the mental health. And so I'm also looking at it now that we're talking about it is that what we're providing the person who is suffering is that support network, right? I have a therapist for my mental health, for depression. I have a therapist for my substance use. I have self-help meetings where I go and I build community and, you know, people who are accepting of all parts of me. Um, Like what are, you know, in in the eyes of tragedy and sadness, what an amazing opportunity for someone to be connected and to be supported and not go it alone. Like that, I think that's the biggest thing that I've noticed is that, you know, folks are just attempting to deal with it alone. Or once again, that notion of like family, just keep it a secret. It's only us. We can solve our own problems. Let's not like, get let the cat out of the bag. Um I don't know. In in my experience, that that's never never worked. It's, it never helped anybody, the, the person who's suffering and the family. Hmm. Hey, earlier you brought up uh, about talking about other substances and AA meetings. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I I I wanted to hold off on that and stay with the mental health stuff for a bit. Go for it. But, but um at the meeting I was at tonight, actually, there was someone that shared about that their doctor wanted to prescribe them marijuana or was suggesting or recommending that they use marijuana medicinally for, I believe what he said was his, the person's ADHD, Hmm. you know, low, you know, small dose of marijuana. And you would have thought, like the uproar in the meeting was ridiculous. It was wild. Like, <laughs> the, like the ch- the chairperson, like the person like leading the meeting, she 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 just came right out and told them, "No, you can't use marijuana." And then you had other people jumping in saying, "Same thing. Like you're not going to be sober if you're using marijuana." And I'm just thinking, like, you're you're not like you don't really know what this individual is going through. He's working with his doctor for however long. Mm -hmm. Maybe the doctor knows something that, you know, believe it or not, we don't actually know. Now, Mm -hmm. is that for me? Like, no, I can't do that. And, you know, I can't use any, you know, any mind mood altering substance for me, even if it's prescribed, if it's narcotic or controlled substance or Mm -hmm. alter my my mood in any way. Like I, I know for me, I can't do that, but, who are we to say about someone else, right? Yeah, shut it down, you know, so fast. Yeah, I was kind of getting irritable too in the meeting because it was going on for like about t- close to ten minutes <laughs> about like people sharing about what this dude should do, you know. And that's n- that's not really what a meeting is really about. Mm. <laughs> no, play, playing doctor. <laughs> yeah, like, but going back to like your question, there. Um, there's a lot more um, acceptance around people sharing about other substance that they've struggled with other than alcohol in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Mm -hmm. But you still have like the meeting, some meetings here and there where they, you know, they are strict or more or less tolerant, tolerant 
around the sharing about drugs. Um, and like, I'd say like inner city, you get in inner city, those meetings are more accepting of the drug talk mm. while, while like suburban meetings are a little less tolerant. Interesting take. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things I like encourage, you know, folks in early recovery to, to really do is like, you know, find different meetings. Like if you're into AA, you know, and there's this, uh, like, you know, other non-addressed, like some just go, go to an AA meeting, you know, find a meeting on a Friday night versus, you know, a Tuesday night, uh, Saturdays, you know, they're all, they all have different, and then, like you just mentioned, like, you know, go to a suburban meeting and then go to a big city meeting and see what those kind of feels. And right um to, to really like experience and expose yourself to all of it then you as the kind of the taker of all of these things you can pick and choose which one that really aligns with your experience and being supported to do so once right. again it could only benefit the individual right the person can make their own informed decision yeah. for sure for sure yeah. for sure yeah um anything else on your mind before we we go to the five controversies no, I'm just loving this vape. Blueberry mint. <laughs> I wanna put in a I wanna put in a plug for um, blueberry mint crave disposable vape. Mm. And when I came down to Florida, I went crazy I went crazy looking for um, crave disposable vapes in all the vape stores in the in the area and no, like some places didn't even never even heard of them. <laughs> and I'm like, you need to get these in. Like, they're the best ones. They're the best disposable ones. And you know, people were just like, whatever, dude. Go back to Boston to get them. <laughs> and, um, and my friend, my friend, my friend Jimmy, who travels back and forth from Florida to to Mass and New Hampshire, mm -hmm. he actually picked me up a bunch in New Hampshire. So he brought he brought some back for me. Mm. So, yeah, but that's all that's on my mind at the moment. Is how enjoyable this is. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think this was. I think this was a really good discussion. Yeah, and I, I want to kind of put this out there for for people who are struggling um, and who are looking for help. You know, obviously Adam and I could be a resource. So if anyone is comfortable, kind of you know emailing us, you know, we'll, we'll both you know provide you know as best advice as we can do it. But uh, there is also a you know two things to consider. If you have health insurance on the back of your health insurance card, there should be a behavior health line. You call the number, um, you ask like, Hey, I'm looking for a therapist who specializes in, in you know, trauma, anxiety, uh, sexuality, substance use, whatever. And they'll give you a list of providers uh, in your community uh, that take your insurance, kind of re reduce costs on your end of it all. Um, that, that's one way of kind of finding help for yourself or, or your loved one. Uh, second one is, you know, going on to the, the website. Uh, it's called SAMHSA, S-A-M-H-S-A dot gov, uh, S-A-M-H-S-A dot gov. And there is um, like a treatment locator for all different types of things like mental health or substance use or both. <laughs> and you type in, you know, uh, your zip code. And a bunch of providers will be there and then, you know, just, you know, being brave enough and strong enough to, you know, pick up the phone and call and see kind of what, what the requirements are or admission processes. Um, and Barbara, yeah. do you remember, do you remember what SAMHSA stands for? Oh man. I, I, I it's substance, substance abuse, mental, mental health, health services. And I, I want to say administration. 
or I think something else with an association. Administration or association. Yeah, one of those. There you go. We I think we got it. Nice. Yeah. So uh, I refer folks uh, to, to that all the time. Just kind of you know do their own research and you know see what's going on. And if I don't have any advice, most states now, especially with the uh, <clears throat> epidemic of overdoses and fentanyl and all these kinds of things, most states have their own like hotlines for substance use. Uh, and even mental health. So you can easily call that. And um, it actually narrows down to like in-state service providers. Uh, yeah. That could be you know, a really good resource you know, for individuals. Um, again, in my 20 year, 21 plus years experience clinically, um, I've heard a lot of, of things. Unfortunately, I'm hearing it very, very late in the game uh, for everyone that's out there. Uh, you don't have to wait until, you know, something dire kind of happens, right? Hit a low, um, uh, you know, all these kinds of, you know, things or whatever, if you're struggling and it's been somewhat kind of consistent and, you know, life has kind of changed for you, ask for help, find help. There, there's people out there uh, that are willing and capable uh, to see you through, you know, wh- whatever pain that you're in and whatever struggles going on for you. Right. Yeah. Very good. I like how you said that. Thank you. Thank you for validation. Yeah. I really, really like that. <laughs> <laughs> all right jabroni hey so um what are you skipping five controversies this evening no i'm going right to it now <laughs> i'm like is this dude hanging up right now like what the fuck? <laughs> what's going on <laughs> no, we, we, we always end with the plug of the uh all right all right of, of the podcast all right so five <laughs> controversies uh hey well let's get them done quick so you can you can you can go into that party that you're missing at your place. <laughs> uh, party is not the word I would come up with. I would uh, use a, a different term. <laughs> Sounds like a it's a banger. <laughs> as, as far as uh, there. children's <laughs> events go, yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. All right. So first controversy is you know we're we're in the streaming world and everyone streams everything, and so the first one is. Netflix versus Hulu. I swear we did this one in like our first or second episode, but whatever. I'm looking at my my sheet. No, we do not. Okay. So Netflix or Hulu, is that what you said? Yeah. Lately, I feel like Hulu has more like intriguing stuff on there for whatever reason. Pieces of her... Um, I'm a big, my, the, my favorite show is on Hulu, The Handsmaid Tales. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> think that's fucking funny? <laughs> that is hilarious. Whatever. So I go Hulu, there's more, there's like more, they have more drama. I feel like they have more drama content on there, which is up my alley. <laughs> Give me something like I don't like the violence, the action. I, I want I want deep, meaningful conversation. <laughs> I'd long for deep, meaningful conversation. <laughs> give me something, yeah. Give me something like that. So I'm putting a plug for Pieces of Her, which is like a new. It's pretty good on on Hulu, or yeah. I like it. Yeah. Uh, um, like for me, I mean, I'm, I'm you know. Um, like Netflix is one of like the original streaming 
things that I, I downloaded, like, you know, signed up for, you know, whatever. Remember yeah. the good old days where they just send you the DVDs in the yeah. mail? Yeah, yeah. And the whole, like, return, like, nonsense. Yeah. But, um, They're still after me for a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> still charging you uh, interest on uh, Lost TV. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 you know, I have both. I'd like... Yeah, I have both too. What do you think? You're great because you have both. I yeah. also have HBO Max and Showtime and whatever. All right, All right. All right. yeah, okay. Right. I'm just saying. Sorry. I'm I'm Netflix one like being original to me, um, and I'm with like electronic or like online type of stuff. Like aesthetics is really important, uh, and I like Netflix's like setup when it comes to like searching for things and their organization and how things kind of appear. So yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. I'll give I, you I a tougher time on Hulu finding yeah. things and much easier. There's, on more, there's more, I'll admit it. There's more glitches on Hulu. There's mm-hmm. more glitches that come up. Yeah. I'll give you that. That's validation number two from you tonight. I appreciate it. <laughs> Go on to the next one, please. <laughs> Next one, making, making me feel really, making me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, same thing. I, I think streaming or not streaming, and, and, and for the young folks who are listening, is that there was a once, not too long ago, when you had to purchase these things, and that was the, you know, the TV channel that you know you watched. But next one is HBO versus Cinemax. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't do Cinemax. I do HBO. Any particular reason? No, I don't really. I don't really. I don't know why. I don't Mm. know. I I can't give you. I can't give you anything good on that one. Then I'm HBO too. That was. I mean, Sopranos are on HBO, right? Yeah. 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 That's that's a reason. That's my reason right there. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would agree with you, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's funny, when I was living with my parents in Mass and Sopranos would come on, I would yeah. buy HBO just so I could watch every single episode. And the, as soon as the season was on, I would cancel HBO. Yeah. I was doing the same thing. I was doing the same thing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but same thing. Like really H- HBO, I think, had better content, I know, in my, in my comparison. Um, yeah. And again, the way aesthetically they they look, um, I'm not even sure Cinemax like exists anymore. I don't know if they merged into one or. Whatever. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. You caught me off guard when you said the Cinemax. I'm like Cinemax. I I've heard of it, but yeah, it's... of course you have. Yeah. yeah. So, I just All haven't right. seen it in a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they got phased out. Yeah, but that's not even a controversy. It can't even be a controversy if it doesn't exist. But I, I'm aging ourselves, you know, for back in the day, those were the two, like, okay, all right, all right. Platforms. I, get, I, get, I get what you did now. I, it took me a minute, yeah. it took me a minute. I got it, I got well, it. Well, welcome to the podcast. You <laughs> is this our podcast? <laughs> where, where am I? What am I doing? Who is this? All right, third this one, Florida, the Florida sun has me all messed up. Sorry. Yeah. Melting your, melting your brain. Uh, all right, yeah. so uh, deleting emails versus not deleting any emails, just keeping them in the inbox. 
<clears throat> I don't know. I go through individually and pick and choose which ones I need to delete and which ones I hold on to. So it's it's individualized preference. Mm, I don't like that answer. Like when I get emails from you, I make sure I delete them. When I get them from other people, I say it away. Well, <laughs> I, I, it's wild. Because- no, I do. I do. Honestly, no, for real. Seriously, I do go through and, and you know, it depends. It depends. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like a very clean inbox. And so I knew it. I, I love, I mean, the passion that I get. From deleting an email and never referencing it again brings me so much joy. But you delete it and it's still in your trash, so you can yeah. access it. Yeah, All right. yeah. I'm not, I'm not always going to be there. <laughs> like, but I mean, now you know I have you know this podcast email. I have several personal emails that I'm you know using back and forth i have my work one like yeah there's think ahead of deleting them but like i yeah i love just the whole deleting feature of it and just being done with it yeah um next one i don't think it's a big controversy but yeah maybe people are on kind of both sides i personally like both um but throwing it out there so that people you know people who are playing at home so <laughs> steak and cheese sub versus chick parm sub Steak cheese sub only because I come from Italian family, so I want the real chicken palm, not what you get at the sub joint. So mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to get what I'm what I'm you know really looking for. I'm going to go steak and cheese, and I always have onions in there. Yo, if both of them are on the table, I'm probably reaching steak and cheese first. I do, I do like a good chick parm. I like it nice and saucy. Yeah. Um, but steak and cheese, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, get, you know, put mayo on there. The cheese is there. You can go, you know, a Your grilled veggie. That's right. I forgot that you put the mayo there. Yeah, that's correct. No, it's delicious. I don't know what you're talking about. So, yeah, steak, steak and cheese. Another thing, because, you know, whatever, you know, Jersey's so close to Philly and, and they're, you know, uh, cheese steaks, right? They call it cheesesteaks even here in jersey so like when i call like my local like pizzeria and i'm like oh i'll have a steak and cheese they're like do you mean a cheesesteak i'm like yeah <laughs> they know what you mean they're just yeah. yeah they want you to say it a certain way yeah. that's why but I, i've had to convert over the over the last 10 years you know since i've been here <laughs> yeah um i think the last this next one this last controversy for today i think we've done before i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna skip that one the next right. one, I, I think, is a banger. Jeopardy versus Wheels of Fortune. Jeopardy. Why, why though? Why, why Jep over? Because I, I feel like it's more challenging, and I feel smarter when I answer when I get an answer on Jeopardy than I do on Wheel of Fortune. There's too many hints on Wheel of Fortune, so it's a little easier. So I just feel smarter once I, if I ever, if I get something on right on Jeopardy. Oh, so I, I, I've been. Is that a good reason? Is that is that good? Yeah, it's a personal right. <laughs> reference. I'm just, yeah. yeah. No, you know, it's wild. Is that like 
I definitely enjoy Jeopardy a lot more than I do Wheels. Same. I'm actually better at Jeopardy. And if I even watch an episode of, of Wheels of Fortune and I'm trying to like work hard at getting it, like I like there needs to be like two letters missing for me to be like, oh yeah, that's that's what they're looking for. But Jeopardy, yeah. I, I'm fairly like better at like I don't know, just maybe the way my brain operates, but yeah. I align more with Jeopardy. I prefer more I can I can, you know, I can put it together easier on jeopardy even though it's much more challenging and, and right. i struggle so much you know with it and what do you think about the new host blossom <laughs> uh, she has a real name <laughs> what blossom what, you, what is her real name do you know it mayam bialik or something like that i think yeah. i'm pronouncing it wrong but yeah yeah, something like that. Close I enough. I actually like her. I like her over uh, the Jennings guy. I hope. Uh, yeah, definitely. Next year they they choose her to be full time. It looks like she, you know, she's invested into it. So. Yeah. No, I think she's. Um, I think she transitioned into that role nicely. Actually. Yeah. I mean, she, and, and I mean, she has her PhD in like neuroscience or so. It's not yeah. Like, yeah. Actress or whatever. So, she's yeah. a fucking genius. She should be doing it. She's a fucking <laughs> genius. <laughs> Uh, all right, so that that's our show for t- tonight, this week. Um, so, for the folks out there, thank you for listening. Please follow, comment, email us. The attic and, and the counselor uh, found on Spotify, Amazon. The Spotify. Email address. What's the email address again, Barbaros? The attic and the counselor at gmail dot com. The attic. Please send us some controversies, guys, because Barbaros is not doing a good job with them, and he won't let me have any part in like picking them. So, but if you guys send them in, he'll listen to the. He'll listen to you guys. I know he will. Yeah, we 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 play to our audience, not not to, (laughs) not to me, not to (laughs) co-host. So yeah, we we appreciate everyone following us, listen to us, and so hopefully you know this this helped and. You know, tune in uh, next week for another episode. Can't wait. All right. Hey, I'll talk to you later. Peace. Peace. Bye.